Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Groovy baby, yeah. <laughs> Show me that Good evening, baseball baby. T-shirt. Are you feeling shagadelic today? It is a shagadelic t-shirt. Oh, thank you. It says Guildford Baseball. Shout out to my baseball team that I play for. The most shagadelic baseball team in the UK. You mean shagadelic baby? <laughs> and obviously, yeah. This is the first episode of Austin April, the month in which we're going to talk about Jane Austen. The author, (laughs) well known for her catchphrases such as, I think you're totally shagadelic, Mr. Darcy, and and such. Yeah, exactly. Um... And obviously she's had a bit of a popular revival recently with the um, adaptation of her novel Bridgerton, of course, on Netflix. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's the most faithful adaptation of any piece of literature from that era. Um, I think it really gets to... Sense and Sensibilla, baby, yeah. The the sexy heart of Jane Austen's work. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because if there's one thing that you get out of reading Jane Austen novels, it's a sense of absolute horndogness of them all. If if that if that's what floats your boat, then fair enough. Um, we've watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. Was yeah. that that might have been during a Halloween month? I think it was a Halloween month. Yeah. But yeah, that was I was pleasantly surprised by that one, as I seem to recall. Have we watched any of the other Pride and Prejudice movies? No, we did. We did one. We oh no, no, we did Jane Eyre. That's not Jane, we did Jane Eyre. Yeah, that's a different Jane. Even though it should have been, it should have been, shouldn't it? Based on the name. <laughs> yep, Jane Austen's Jane Eyre. <laughs> exactly. The Fresh Prince of Jane Eyre. I'm sure someone's made that joke before, but I just thought of that, I'm and I'm sure proud of myself. I appreciate it because the um, that's the, a the... way of covering the um, the Will Smith discourse, of course. Oh yeah, of course. Um, my takeaway from the Will Smith discourse, I, I, we're I do like a week to... late, so I... it's fine. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, I do have an important piece of the Will Smith discourse to give, though, which is watching one millionaire who's completely out of touch with society slap another millionaire who's completely out of touch with society, and it make an audible thwack is incredibly enjoyable. It's just like a cartoonish kind of boom, wasn't it? <laughs> exactly. It was just a woof. Yeah. It was, yeah, very impressive smack. The kind of cartoon sound effects that would have been on a film like Austin Powers. (laughs) Precisely, precisely. Um, So Austin Powers, international man of mystery. We're not here to talk about Jane Austen, we're here to talk about Austin Powers. It's Austin April. So we're going to talk about all three films in the franchise over three consecutive weeks, you lucky people. Yeah, and the first one I have very fond memories of the following two i think there's some serious diminishing returns there even though a lot of the quotes from the second one are the most common quotes around austin Powers. i was about to say the same thing the thing that surprised me most re-watching this after having not seen it since i was probably a teenager is that all of the quotes and the memes and stuff are actually from the second one aren't there who are yes. quoting like yeah. mini me and fat bastard and stuff and those characters are from the second film they weren't even in this one 
This was no, like this a one. lovely kind of proto Austin Powers film <laughs> from the Austin Powers <laughs> yeah. that you think of in your head, isn't it? This is this is Doctor No to Austin Powers um, Goldfinger, uh, Austin Powers 2's Goldfinger, I suppose. Yeah, um, not his gold member. That's a whole no, other thing. Not, that is a whole other movie. Um, so this movie was a phenomenon when it came out, and I think the second one was possibly even more of a phenomenon in terms of creating this flash in the pan pop culture character but this was a hugely popular film yeah and it's earlier than i thought i again because everything i think of austin powers in my head canon is to do with the second one which came out in what 2000 i'm gonna say i think it was 90 i think it was 99 99. yeah yeah do you think of it this realize this is actually earlier this is from 1997 this is pure 90s and i wasn't prepared mentally for that either no, no. So um, this actually was the movie that Mike Myers did after Wayne's World 2. That's incredible. You think yeah. of this as being like in a whole different era from Wayne's World, don't you? Yeah, it pre- predates Shrek. It predates Shrek. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shrek had its uh, 20th anniversary did recently, didn't it? We actually need to did. talk about Somebody Shrek once some told me about that anniversary. <laughs> Somebody once told you <laughs> the world is going to roll you. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but but um, the Austin Powers movies have gained this reputation for being movies for people that aren't the sharpest tool in the shed, to bring it back around to Smash Mouth. <laughs> um, but I have something controversial to say here, and I don't know if you'll agree. Um, I think this movie is a very, very clever spoof of Bond films, and I think it's far better than people give it credit for. I agree. I really, really enjoyed watching this in a way that I was really pleasantly surprised to find myself laughing at almost everything. Yeah, it it is an extremely funny movie, and not but well, not just because of the incredibly stupid slapstick humor and poo humor that that does appear every ticks all of our boxes. But but as as someone who does enjoy those early James Bond films from the sixties and the early seventies, this really gets to grips with them in a parody sense that is akin to the likes of the Hot Shots movies, mm. uh, understanding the action movies of the eighties and war movies, or um, or or airplane understanding disaster movies, or Naked Gun understanding cop movies. Mm. It's, it's a it's a similar angle to those where this is a loving parody of a particular kind of film. Yeah, for sure. What are you eating? I'm eating a cake. Sorry, <laughs> very professional. <laughs> I can of me. I can very clearly hear <laughs> some chewing going on there. This is the professionalism that our our listeners are, are desperate for. Look, we're almost at two hundred and fifty fifty episodes. I'm not going to start editing out the cake now. I'm not going to I'm not going to start pretending I'm a professional. I think we need more cake in our episodes. That's what's missing from our podcast. Different cake every episode. Different yeah, different cake. I had some cake today actually. I had some chocolate sponge cake. Oh, very nice. Which was very was nice. Was it homemade? No, no, it was um it was from a farmer's shop. You know Ooh. how farmer's shops always have those really nice cakes in. Massive cake. Them. Yes. In a, bo- in a box. It's like one of those box. um sort of corrugated cardboard box with a little um, plastic window so you can look in the box and see how massive the cake is. Was it one of those? (laughs) So it wasn't quite one of them, no, but I know what you mean. No, this was in a plastic box, but one of those ones that seems perfectly formed for the cake in question, if you you know those ones. 
Um, but yeah, it was, it was very, very nice. Lovely. Very nice. No, I'm cake. eating leftover oh, birthday nice cake because it was my son's third birthday party this weekend. Hasn't been his birthday yet, but we did it a bit early because his birthday is very close to the due date of our second child. So we didn't want to have a potential have to ruin the party to go and have another baby situation. So we did his birthday a little bit early. And we got the cake from Costco. Have you ever had the cake from Costco? No, I haven't. It lasts forever. Really, really lovely sponge cake. Free personalization. This episode is brought to you by Costco. (laughs) This episode brought to you by delicious cake that stays young forever. (laughs) Much like Mike Myers. Much like Mike Myers. I cannot believe this is only a few years after Wayne's World 2. I know. And he looks it's like yeah, isn't it? an old hairy chested man versus a teenager. Because <laughs> Wayne's World 2 was 1993. And to be fair, this was in 1997. But yeah, there was no movies between the two. No. In the whole of Hollywood. In the whole of there Hollywood. There were no Oscars. Everyone was just like, yep. what's Wayne's World man going to do next? Everyone was just waiting. And the answer was. Bait- with bated breath for Mike Myers to return to I the I thought you were going to say with Beethoven breath then. <laughs> with Beethoven breath. No, the um, Beethoven, yeah, Beethoven's second, Beethoven's first and second had come out already by that point. So they yeah, had. So, 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 movies had already reached their pinnacle. Yep. At this point, um, but Austin Powers, good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, shall we give a little rundown of the plot? Yes, please. It's the plot is very, very essential <laughs> to enjoying the film. It is integral to to this movie um austin powers is the same plot as demolition man <coughs> end of description you've seen demolition man haven't yeah you? the film in which arnold schwarzenegger subdues a man with a penis pump <laughs> yes, exactly it's not even arnold schwarzenegger demolition man oh it's um it's, it's sylvester stallone sylvester stallone there we go we'd have got there eventually as i cycled through my action heroes <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen it have you not? It's extremely good. One of the best Wesley Snipes performances ever. Um, one of possibly better than him as Blade. He's wow. perfect as the villain in Demolition Man. Um, in Demolition Man, um, there's an evil killer who cryogenically gets frozen. Um, and the cop that catches him is also cryogenically frozen. The evil killer gets uncryogenically frozen and goes on a rampage in a modern society that doesn't know how to deal with him. So the other cop is uh, is is cryogenically unfrozen um, and tries to fight him, but struggles with what the future holds and can't quite come to grips with what culture has become. Does that sound familiar to you? That's literally exactly <laughs> the same plot. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it's exactly the same plot, apart from it's a spy, not a cop. But it's a groovy spy from the 60s. But it's a groovy flower spy power baby from the 60s who's trying to handle the rough and tumble world of the 1990s, which is incredibly serious. Whereas I think you could probably make this now. You could make another Austin Powers now, couldn't you? With a spy from the 90s. Yeah, you actually genuinely could. <laughs> um, listening to... Um, uh, what, what's it? R- Riverboat Song by... Um, uh, by ocean color scene oh, wow. walking around walking around london walking around camden um wearing baggy jeans oh, so he's like a brit pop hair. spy the brit pop spy yeah um sort of a then... noel gallagher type guy just sticking two <laughs> fingers up at everyone yeah exactly exactly trying to understand um, the tiktoks of today um yeah do, doing e and stuff like that and and then yeah getting getting brought into the modern day and being like the fuck's a laptop <laughs> um 
wait, why does every band not sound like Oasis? Yeah. And then he has to go and take down Elon Musk. He has to take down Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah. Who is no. pretty much literally Dr. Evil. <laughs> yeah. If you combine Amazon and Elon Musk, you do get, well, I think before you do that, you you probably reach evil in terms yeah. of supervillain evil. I th- I think some of Jeff the ch- Bezos is bald. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Jeff Bezos, you are bald. <laughs> I know you listen every week. <laughs> He's a big fan. He's a big fan. Um, but yeah, Am- Amazon evil company. I take it you saw this week about the words that they were banning from people from saying. Yes, I saw that. Um, you can't say the word unionize, which is a guaranteed way to get people to unionize. I mean, that is a that's a genuine um, 1984 dystopian move, isn't it? It's yep. genuinely horrendous. Um, then you've got then you've got Elon Musk buying a 10 percent stake in Twitter um, so that he can add a button to the to the page that, that allows him to accuse people of being paedophiles. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a world full of horrifying human beings. That's the most obvious kind of rich guy move, isn't it? Don't like how a thing's going. I'll buy this whole place. I got bad service in a restaurant, so I'm going to buy it just so I can fire the person who undercooked my risotto. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, there's not enough diamonds in my risotto. I'm going to sack you. I'll yeah, add more diamonds to the risotto. You never had diamond um, risotto. That's oh, the best. Um, I I am astounded, astounded that there hasn't been a single billionaire who's decided. You know what? Maybe I will become a good human being. Because there's a lot of billionaires out there now. Yeah, none of them are good, and none of none of them have decided to benefit humanity at all. Yeah. That's my challenge to you: stop hoarding money, put your money towards something good. Pay your workers fairly. Put your money towards freezing a cop from the '60s to come back and save us from you now. Yeah, that's the most important project that humanity has ever seen, and you need <laughs> yeah, to do it now. We need. All of you. That's what we need. We need to freeze. We need, we need to freeze spies and make sure that they're they're groovy spies. Um, <laughs> anyway, Austin Powers, right? Austin, Austin Powers. He 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 gets frozen. He comes back. He wheezes for an extremely long amount of time. Yeah, and again, that like a lot of gags in this film, they really do that thing that good comedians do, where they play with the length of the gag. And like, just when you think it's over, it hits you again. And it's that really, really fine line between it being extremely tedious and extremely funny. And it kind of flits between the two. You know, like, it's almost like a Stuart Lee routine, isn't it? Yeah, it, exactly. It, they th- This film is masterful in terms of knowing just how far to push it and when to go beyond that line to the next point at which they can push it. And and that's one of the examples is the weeing scene. Yeah, how do you make on. a wee joke last... Like, how do you make a wee joke funnier? Just, like, have it go on for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, a, a wee joke that's at least 15% of the runtime of this movie. Because um, it's not it that long. it keeps going, and it? it stops and starts. Um, no, it's, it is a short film. It stops and starts, but it just... It stops and and then you think, okay, it's over now. But then it keeps going and it gets funnier each time it comes back after that point when you think, okay, this has gone on long enough. Um, another perfect example of that is the scene with Will Ferrell in. Will Ferrell was in this. I totally yes. forgot that. 
yeah um will ferrell he gets um he's he's a, a a villain who's part of dr evil's entourage who gets knocked down into a pit and you've seen already people get knocked down into this pit and die immediately but instead um he doesn't and it goes through all these stages of him not dying yet and it just gets funnier each time that it does it um but shout out to the incredible supporting cast of this movie because obviously mike myers is brilliant in this as austin powers and dr evil um really really good performances for both there yeah but you've got a really incredible supporting cast of people you've got michael york uh playing the excellently named basil exposition (laughs) who is the the m-esque character here um who i mean i i love um i love michael york um he's the lead in logan's run which is one of my all-time favorite uh favorite movies i love that film really great um but then you've got um uh liz hurley as Mm -hmm. vanessa kensington and her mum played by mimi rogers um as well he's very very good um you've got seth green yep (laughs) um you've got i totally forgot he was in there <laughs> I, I completely forgot he was in this as well and then suddenly he turned up it's like oh wow okay um seth green the younger brother of tom green of course <laughs> exactly exactly you've got robert wagner as well mindy sterling charles napier um will farrell as mentioned it's just an incredible cast of people but Bacharach as himself <laughs> but Bacharach as himself um so yeah it's it's an incredible it's an incredible cast of people i just want to also shout out to uh, an actor that i'm not particularly familiar with but fabiana udenio who plays a lot of vagina in this movie which is (laughs) that's not just that's not just a fildish joke but it's also a you know it's also a play on pussy galore which was ridiculous when it was in the bond movie exactly that's taking it up to 11 as that as that, that's why that joke works because the thing that it's based on is already totally ridiculous but is accepted as normal because of, of the canon of james bond yeah exactly and it's playing with those elements of it isn't it which is why it works so well yeah and it makes you think you know bond does deserve to be sent up yeah and bond does deserve to be sent up it's it's um and i think they're apparently making an Austin Powers 4. It's rumoured that this is going on. Yeah. And I think what they'd need to do with that is really play on the tropes that Bond has now as being this incredibly serious Dower series and have, um, you know, ha- have it really toying with those ideas. Like, have you, have you seen the movie Spy? No, you've talked about this a lot. That's the one with Melissa McCarthy, right? Yes, yeah. And, and that has Jason Statham as a Daniel Craig-esque Bond. Right. In a world that is more suited to um, Sean Connery-esque Bond, where it's quite silly. Um, and I, I think when they, if they do another Austin Powers, they really need to play with that, that idea again and bring it back to these parody roots and take a sharp knife to what it means to be a Bond film now, what it means to be a spy film in the post-Jason Bourne era. Yeah. And there I think they could find a lot of comedy again. And you know, when um, people are going to go and see it just because it's Bond, but that doesn't mean it's good, does it? I mean, I haven't seen the last two or three Daniel Craig ones because I just can't be bothered because they just look really serious and dour, <laughs> boring. They are good. They are very good. No goof um, factor. <laughs> there is there is it doesn't no have Pierce Brosnan going. 
<laughs> no, and to be fair, the last Pierce Brosnan movie was rather bad. The one with Madonna in it. Um, Die Another Day? Yeah, it was. That it was is a not, shit piece, isn't it? It is, it is not a good film at all. Um, but um, but yeah, the, the last couple, Spectre itself was not great. Spectre. Um, it, it starts really well. It starts incredibly well. And then it all starts falling apart from about the... The, the the halfway point onwards um but then uh no time to die silly name good film yep <laughs> but it's again it's not quite as good as it should be because it gets a little bit too convoluted and i think that's the problem with a lot of the modern bond movies is what you want from bond is you want a man who turns people into gold or paints people in gold after he's killed them and wants more gold yeah getting sucked out of an airplane that's what you need from a bond movie yeah, or Sean Bean and Pierce Brosnan walking along this really long tightrope thing above some kind of telecommunications facility, <laughs> which yeah, is a very yeah. 90s image, isn't it? Or, or calling back to the to the best moments of Daniel Craig, you want him shooting, having a big shootout in a Russian, in, in a Russian farm, in a Scottish farm, <laughs> or playing a game of poker. It's those it's those simplistic moments where you can get a lot of tension out of it. So So creating a lot of complexity out of Bond, I think, never does it. Ne- never works particularly well um anyway welcome to the why james bond is rubbish cast everybody yeah why james um, bond is rubbish but ultimately why austin powers is is funny <laughs> and why it's yes, still funny yeah. now and and yeah exactly why it's still funny now because it knows exactly what kind of films it's playing with and 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 does it incredibly well um i think one of the things that's really underrated about this film is that actually a lot of the dialogue in it is very, very funny as well. Yeah. There, there's lots of great physical humour. Shout out to possibly the funniest film in cinema here, which is when Austin Powers is turning around that little truck Yeah. Um, in a tunnel. Um, makes me laugh every time I think about it, let alone every time I watch it. It's so, it's so funny. Um, but, but the... But alongside that kind of physical comedy, and there's a lot of physical comedy in in in, in Austin Powers, there's um, there's uh, there there's a lot of great dialogue as well, um, and not just the sort of one liner nonsense that people quote endlessly, like "Yeah, baby," "Shagadelic, baby," um, etc. But things like "Allow myself to introduce myself." <laughs> that's the thing there are so many moments like that where he he is kind of incompetent as a spy but you still kind of you still believe him as a spy don't you yes yeah exactly and and again that plays into the tropes of james bond being the worst spy in the world because he goes around telling everybody his name yeah (laughs) and never does anything espionage related he's always just shooting people and blowing things up um so again it, it, it it works it works incredibly well but then you've got things like um uh austin powers being told the cold war's over and going finally those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes yeah (laughs) yeah i think i realized at that moment that this is actually fundamentally an anti-capitalist piece and i think that might be why we like it (laughs) i mean obviously this is a communist movie and that's why we love it um (laughs) he defeats the capitalist billionaire he he does he does that's what he does um because yeah the, the number two in this movie is basically elon musk yeah that 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 that's who he is um and again it it shows the different perceptions of what's evil and what's not in society is yeah you've got you've got genuine evil people who are going to 
kidnap the royal family and and ransom them but yeah. then you've got the the subtle evil of giant corporations forcing people to to work until they die um whilst being unable to to feed their families or heat their homes because they're not paid enough to make up for the huge rise in living costs caused by corporations yeah it that's the real villain of the piece here it's not dr evil and his his bald cat yes capitalism (laughs) i really hate to see a bald cat i know i know um particularly when it's so fluffy to begin with it's such a cute little cat and then they replace it with the hairless one yeah, for, for a very funny joke, but nonetheless, I'd rather have a fluffy cat. There was one moment when there there was a fake cat, wasn't there? Yes, yeah. I wrote that down in my notes because I watched it the week before last. I couldn't remember exactly when it was. So it's when um when they they're going off and Doctor Evil's cryogenically frozen himself. There's a fake cat. There oh yeah, in the window looking cold. That's right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, just a, a few shout outs to some other uh, some other funny lines as well. Um, the bit where Dr. Evil talks about his history and the details of his life and he goes on that really rambling um, little section about what it was like growing up as Dr. Evil whilst this creepy music plays in the background. Um, the whole scene where Dr. Evil comes to understand what money means these days um, yeah. is brilliant. Um, having sharks with fricking laser beams attached to their heads. Um, there's all sorts of very, very funny dialogue where this movie almost, it almost comes across as a stoner comedy in a way. The way that it kind of lumbers between these different bits of comedy and kind of, um, kind of just talks out these specific points before yeah. moving on to to a fight in a toilet. On many it's, a DVD shelf at school, this film would be positioned next to Dude, Where's My Car? and How High? Which is, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You could get exactly. through all three of those of an evening. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it has that kind of vibe to it. And I think that's why it works really well, is this isn't a bombastic movie. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a thinky parody with no thought. That's what it is, and it, yeah. it works so well. In many ways, it's extremely simple. You know, you you could, I think if you were cynical, you could accuse this film of being just a bunch of gags all stitched together, but it's more than that, isn't it? it and it has, it a, it has it a heart is. and a soul and just enough thread of story to hang all those gags off. It, it, exactly, exactly. There's there's a plot here. Um, there's There's character there's there's actual dialogue there are those really strong parody elements and all of that comes together to make a movie that's far better than people give it credit for and i think gave it credit for at the time where i think austin powers falls into the same um it falls into the same camp as borat almost where Mm. people just think of the catchphrases but they ignore the fact that there's actually a very funny movie behind it (laughs) yeah yeah, and that you know, it's a lot of Sasha Baron Cohen's work falls into that that category, doesn't it? Where people don't really engage with the satirical elements; they just engage with the fun stuff. Yes, and and Sasha Baron Cohen, thankfully, most of the time um, continues with the satirical elements. There's very few works of his which don't have that very sharp satirical moment to them. Yeah, um, there are a few duds in there, aren't there? Like the Dictator and um, Grimsby and stuff. But it's overall, you know, very very good 
hit record. Did we watch Grimsby for this podcast? No, we didn't. But, but I think I both... saw half of it and switched it off. Oh, but... man. There's some moments in that movie that I find incredibly funny. Yeah? Um, yeah. Because that, that's, a, that's a spy comedy. It is, well. yeah. I mean, the idea of a spy comedy set in Grimsby is a good one, but I don't know that it's that well executed. The, but yeah, we, the... could, we could talk about it. The Brothers Grimsby. Well, I don't think yeah. we can unless you count platonic love, platonic love between a brother and brotherly his love. Brother. It's, it's um yeah, it's certainly a film. There's some very, <laughs> there's one scene in particular, and I don't know if you reached it, which made me think, okay, that was a choice. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to say what it was because either you know what I'm talking about or you don't know what I'm no, talking about. No, I don't. About. Maybe I didn't okay, get that far. In which case you didn't get that far into it. But there is one scene in particular which is amongst his best slash worst work of all time. Um, it's quite something. Um, but but yeah, his work in general, I think, holds up. Unlike, I suspect, the Austin Power sequels, which I remember at the time thinking this is just the worst bits that were popular from the first movie and none of the good bits of it but we'll see maybe i was wrong back when i watched them when i was however old i was when they came out yeah we'll see i don't think i've ever seen the third one gold member have have you not gold member i don't think so i mean it's got beyonce in it so you know it's a good film yeah of course renowned actress beyonce Beyonce, was um, she in that that <laughs> shit piece that we watched with Idris yeah, Elba? Was that her? She was in a, she was in Obsessed. It was her. That Idris Obsessed, Elba. that's yeah. the one. That what was a movie. Terrible but awesome. <laughs> I love that film. Well, I didn't love it, but there's something special about those kind of movies. But yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. Gold Gold Member. I think I've only seen it the once. Spy Shagged Me. I've seen a few times, but neither of them I I particularly enjoyed. What's interesting though is that. The original Lost in Powers has a lower uh, Metacritic rating, so the average rating of reviews, oh, really? than um, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Interesting. Um, where The Spy Who Shagged Me has 59, um, and uh, and uh, Austin Powers has 51. Hmm. Which I think is a bit weird. And then Goldmember goes up to 62. So if that's not a sign of the steady disintegration of cultural analysis, I don't know what is. Yeah, um, after so, 97, it just all went downhill, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, people realised they weren't going to get any more good Beethoven movies and just phoned it in from that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, the dog playing so Beethoven had died and they were all just like, I give up. So in, in, in terms of people who um, who liked this... Um, the the San Francisco Examiner uh, liked this movie. Um, Variety liked it. The Austin Chronicle liked it. I think mainly because it's got Austin in its name. Yeah, they have to like um, it. It's, it's the law. <laughs> um, uh, Chicago Tribune Tribune liked it. Roger Ebert liked it for Chicago Sun Times as well. Huh. He gave it a positive review. Um, which which is good. The Washington Post also liked it. So that's some big names there who liked it. In terms of people who didn't like it, um, another writer at the Washington Post did not like it. <laughs> um, the LA Times didn't like it, uh, saying the, the result is a comedy of errors. Errors, yes. Comedy, we're not so, so sure. Which I completely disagree with, because I don't think this is a comedy of errors in any way, shape or form. 
No. I think they just wanted to put in that pithy line. Yeah, and, some, and sometimes you can tell that they they just came up with a line and then built based the review around that, dashed yeah. it off in 10 minutes. Yeah, so so I, I give that review a naught out of 10. Yeah. Bad review. It's not a comedy of errors. Um, and LA Weekly also didn't like it. So clearly the people of Los Angeles hate Austin Powers. <laughs> That's what we can take away. That's because LA is not groovy. LA isn't groovy. It's like the least groovy place. It's all traffic. Whereas San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle also gave it a good review. And San Francisco, as we all know, is a groovy city. It's the or at least it used to be until all of the tech uh, tech bros moved in. Yeah. And ruined it for everybody. It was in 1967, which is where Austin Powers is from. Exactly. And exactly. if you didn't know that, the film gives you this quite long title sequence of everyone kind of dancing in their flower power gear to that, that whistly song that's used in loads of adverts and stuff now. But that was that the first time that... I don't know what that piece of music's called, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's one of those cheeky little bits of film music that everyone knows. Yeah, what what is it? You hear it everywhere. Um, where is soundtrack? Yeah, you look that up. I'm just going to keep whistling it. <laughs> That's definitely going to help. Actually, it just sounds like a pigeon's got into my room. It is. Uh, it's Quincy Jones. Of course it is. But is it actually um, from the 60s? Uh, yeah, Soul Bossa Nova uh, okay. from 1962. Nice. Um, that totally so, fits, yeah. and it, it, it is perfect. That I, I thought that title sequence was amazing and absolutely captured the spirit of the film perfectly in a way that a title sequence should. Oh, yeah, it does. And and, and it reaches that point where the, the, the title sequence and the, 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 um, the whole section back in the 60s is over, and you're kind of sad because it's such a incredible depiction of that time period and it's done in such a hilarious parody-esque way where it's it's reminiscent of the beatles films as well um it's got that real great quality to it um and you're kind of sad when it goes to modern day yeah. until you realize that there's so much humor to be found from austin powers being a fish out of water in in what at the time was modern day uh reality yeah <laughs> now now it's a very very long time ago yeah, God, if you think about it, it was, yeah, 30, 30 years on. Yeah, 30 years ago was 1992. So, yeah, it is it is nearly time for Austin Powers to have been frozen again and come back out at a different time period, having got used to the 90s. Yeah, I, I really do feel like this needs to happen. Mike Myers well, is still in pretty good shape, isn't he? He is, yeah. There's a TV series of his coming out soon on Netflix, which looks very funny. Oh, yeah? Actually, called The Pentaveret. And it's about a journalist who um, sort of gets embroiled in this secret underground organisation. If you watch the trailer on Netflix, it looks very, very strange um, and really sort of um, over the top and weird. And I think that's exactly the kind of thing that we need right now. Um, It looks looks really cool. It's also got uh, Jennifer Saunders in it, uh, Jeremy Irons in it. It's got a good cast. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's one to look out for. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it's coming out soon, I think. Um, but but yeah, it, it's one of those movies where it's, um, it just works incredibly well, and it's clearly very well thought out, um, very well constructed. I think a lot of work was done into the characters as well to really make sure that they matched the sort of vibe of those early Bond movies. 
and it's yeah it's it's a it's a movie with so much care for a scene where someone gets drowned in a toilet yeah <laughs> yeah they took a lot of care over all of the really really labored disgusting jokes <laughs> yeah yeah um shall we talk a little bit about romance since this is a a, a rom-com podcast yeah and there's a fair bit of romance in this, isn't there? It's actually, really, essentially, it's the story of him trying to get together with Liz Hurley, more so than it is of him trying to defeat Dr. Evil, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's um, and, and and more than just trying to get with her, which is where it starts at, is him being all free love in the 1960s, etc. Um, it's more of a... It, it it is romantic in a way the way that they come to to understand each other and there's that very obvious rom-com trope isn't there of them recognizing what the other person's lifestyle has in terms of benefits for their um for their for their world view so austin powers becoming more um more caring and emotional and and liz hurley having fun and and being more more lighthearted yeah. with it, and I didn't expect it to work because the whole all the the kind of the catchphrases, the things you think of it all being shagadelic and whatever, you think of it being kind of bawdy and a little bit misogynist, don't you? Of it just being like, oh, he's a guy who wants to shag, but actually, when you get down to it, there's more of that kind of romantic angle, and those are just kind of a few cheap gags that pre- preface the the actual romance, aren't there? Yeah, exactly. And and even those cheap gags, Austin Powers is uh, a horny boy. Yeah. Spelt B-O-I, of course. There's nothing um, wrong with being but, horny. But he's a consensual horny boy. He's a free love horny boy. He's he's not a he's not a misogynist in this movie. He's a if you want to shag me, let's shag baby. Yeah. On but, my private jet and this rotating bed that I've just fallen onto. <laughs> yes um but it but it's it's not misogynistic in the same way that a lot of movies of this era were no i totally Um, expected it to be and it wasn't yeah and and it wasn't i mean you compare this to road trip for instance Mm. as as a recent misogynistic movie we've watched for this podcast that's a misogynist classic Um, road trip yeah which came out when 99 2000 i think that was part of our run of talking about films from the year 2000 yeah, so tiny um, salmon swimming upstream. That that was the only good moment in that. <laughs> which was a very yeah. well. I I also enjoyed the scene where Tom Green got bitten by a snake and then threw it at that man. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, which was was also great. Um, but but yeah, whereas whereas that movie is very, very um, very misogynistic. This movie, which came out earlier, not not misogynistic at all. No, just fun. Just a just good fun. time, fun. Just fun, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's a, it's it's a, it's a good movie, and I appreciated it. And it had um, the soup Nazi from Seinfeld in it. <laughs> the soup Nazi from Seinfeld in it, did it? Who was he? He played the casino dealer when they were in the casino. Ah, I was watching, I going, is that the soup Nazi? Not, not you know, not long after, I was going, is that Will Ferrell? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, um, uh, yeah. There, there's so many great little moments, and that scene in the in the casino is brilliant, where he holds on a on a card that can never win. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's perfect. Um, yeah, it's it's really well done. Uh, all, all of those little moments that just make it make it good. Um, 
it's it's yeah it's it's a really good movie it's a really good movie did the version you watched have the deleted scenes in it with christian slater as the hypnotized guard and rob lowe as the um as the (laughs) guy at a bachelor party yes yeah Yeah. it did um and those scenes are fantastic again again it plays with the conceptions of these these mindless henchmen being killed by by super spies and there being no consequences of it (laughs) yeah all of a sudden it cuts to so this man getting run over by a steamroller type thing um, or a forklift or whatever it is that Mike Myers is driving um, and then cutting to his <laughs> to his wife getting a phone yeah. call <laughs> about him dying and him being a loving a loving is this a stepdad stepdad yeah loving he's stepdad um, he's been then, like a father to me since dad left the kids yeah. <laughs> Um, and and then the other scene, of course, where another one of the henchmen dies, and then it cuts to his bachelor party where he's not made it. Um, yeah, and Rob Lowe's there. <laughs> and Rob Lowe's there, which again probably a hangover from from them being in Wayne's World together. I think. Kind of yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, and again, they're really funny scenes. And then again, the scene with Christian Slater in that cameo as as going to get some orange sherbet is just there's something funny about it in spite of its silliness or because of its silliness probably um it's it's um it's yeah it's it's so well done those little moments really make this movie don't they yeah it's very silly and a lot of the comedy is is horny comedy isn't it like the fembots with their tit guns <laughs> yeah and again that that wouldn't be something that would be out of place in a in a uh, Roger Moore uh, Bond movie would it no um it's it's yeah it's um it's uh yeah that all of those kind of moments just work really well again because it ties in so intrinsically to um to uh to 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 what james bond is in the public consciousness even to this day i think when you when when you tell someone to picture james bond they don't picture daniel craig movies do they they picture those 60s and 70s bond films I, well, I, the the thing is that people always say is it's, it's the first one you see i picture pierce brosnan because that was the first one that i saw but it's, i think you know if you're very young and maybe daniel craig was the first one you saw maybe that is what you think but you should be thinking about horny roger moore <laughs> yeah, you should be thinking about a swimming car and someone shooting laser beams in space <laughs> or, or or sean connery in a jetpack yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's it's um, it's it's yeah, it's it's a great little film. This and it's not too long, is it? You're sort of before you know it, you're at Doctor Evil's hideout, and they're sort of fighting their way through it and battling battling it out and having all the silly things, and he's killing off his henchmen and whatever. And you're like, oh well, this this came around quickly, but here we are. It's been it's been a fun ride. Yeah, you know, it doesn't outstay its welcome, and I think that's always a real key thing with a comedy is you need to recognise you know, how far you can get people to go along with the joke. And here, this is a very tightly wound comedy movie that just works incredibly well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I was pleasantly surprised by it. When it started, I was like, oh, God, it's just going to be him saying the catchphrases over and over, isn't it? But it it wasn't. There was just about enough of that for you to, to enjoy the nostalgic hit of it. Um, it wasn't tedious. No, no, exactly. You you get those catchphrases here and there, um, but in general, it's it's yeah, it's those those overly long jokes or or moments that take you away from the action or moments that showcase the incompetency of Austin Powers as a spy. But you're always rooting for him because he is 
you know he's the good guy and he's not just the good guy arbitrarily he is you know a likable human being yeah he's fun um, and actually the, the scene when they um they do actually sort of have that fun night together in Vegas when Burt Bacharach's playing there for some reason, playing himself. Um, that's actually a really lovely scene, isn't it? It genuinely is, has kind of has heart, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's those moments. And then the other one where, where Austin Powers is drinking alone in the bar and there's people making fun of him. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't understand people being nice to what not being nice to one another anymore. That kind of thing. Just, just you know, there, there's a heart behind this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so have you got anything else you want to say about this or should we do a little bit of trivia yeah do the trivia because there is some interesting stuff about this film isn't there just i don't know if you have this one but on the wikipedia page under legacy it says daniel craig who portrayed james bond on screen from 2006 to 2021 credited the austin powers franchise with the relatively serious tone of later bond films we had to destroy the myth because mike myers fucked us craig said in the 2014 (laughs) interview (laughs) and i think that's partially true but i also think um that's tongue-in-cheek but there's a truth at the heart of that there's there's a truth behind that but also i think there's there's another key truth which is the 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 um jason bourne movies came out and changed the face of what serious spy films had to be which was dour and gray and blurry and lots of fast close cuts jason boring with yeah whereas i i think the way that bond needs to go is yeah bring back a bit more of that excitement but also have a look at what the the um mission impossible movies are doing because they have all of these incredible set pieces where tom cruise literally jumps out of an airplane (laughs) to film it and things like that (laughs) but you need to do stuff like that to make it really exciting again um but that's what we need that's what we need um but but yeah um but yeah i I think there's definitely a, a case for you know austin powers being part of the reason why recent bond movies haven't been quite as quite as comedic as they could have been it's all too much fun yeah yeah exactly too much fun um so um initially uh jim carrey was wanted for the role of dr evil yeah um but because he was filming liar liar he couldn't take on so that's a that's a good segue for us yeah exactly exactly um so um uh, so Dr. Evil clearly obviously based on Blofeld from the Bond movies, but his mannerisms and his voice are based on Lorne Michaels, the producer of Saturday Night Live. Yes. A lot of this, the, the kind of genesis of this is from the stuff that Mike Myers did on Saturday Night Live. And actually, I, as you, as we discussed before, I think SNL sketches are all very hit and miss, but most of the ones that Mike Myers did that I've seen have been funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely one of the better parts of that era of um, of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, um, the um, it's worth pointing out as well. Of course, Donald Pleasance played Blofeld. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Pleasance was also uh, the Doctor in the Halloween movies, where the 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 villain in the Halloween films is Michael Myers. That's right. Yeah, that's just Very. a nice little coinky dink, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, fun little thing. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's fun. Um, less fun is the fact that the person who's playing ran- who played Random Task um, is currently serving a lifetime prison sentence for torturing somebody. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, which <laughs> is pretty, pretty, pretty horrendous. Um, 
he was then uh so he was initially sentenced for a while but then he also murdered his cellmate in prison so he had an extra 27 years added on that's horrendous um, so yeah that'll make you look at the random task scenes a little bit differently Yeesh. um so yeah that, that's quite quite horrific um a uh, few few other things to call out though so mike myers thinks that this is one of his favorite performances from his career um and um the reason why there hasn't been any more wayne's world movies is because mike myers decided that he wanted to do this secret agent comedy film yeah um so you know which wayne's is world, good which is good you know i love the two wayne's world movies but i i like that he did something uh different here yeah, Wayne's World, there are two films that are good. They probably would have gone downhill if they tried to do a third. Yeah, I think if they tried to do a third one, it probably would have... Um, prob- I think they pushed Wayne's World as far as they could do with the second movie. You know, they they put on a huge um, festival. There's not really much more that, that they could do with the character beyond that. I no, think. it doesn't involve cryogenic freezing. You know, the, the things you can do with it are very limited. <laughs> exactly exactly um and speaking of demolition man apparently the scene where austin powers comes out of uh cryogenic freezing is a direct parody of demolition man of course um which is which is good you should watch demolition man it's very funny i'm sure i'll get around to it in it's about got it's got your favorite years. man in it rob schneider paul dano <laughs> 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 oh yeah Qu- quick aside everybody i finally saw the batman and it's very good and paul dano is actually by far the best thing in the movie i've seen a batman but i've not seen the batman <laughs> was it just a man dressed as a bat yeah yeah in fact i've seen some batmen you've <laughs> seen multiple batmen but not the batman no not the titular batman <laughs> but it, it was a good movie it was a little bit too serious for its own good could have done with a bit of humor um but um but yeah paul dano's performance is genuinely terrifying in it he's very good excellent um he also sings at batman at one point which is great oh really um yeah yeah um he goes between he he, it's a genuine sort of scenery chewing performance from him at times and it works incredibly well um in in terms of the the bond timeline this movie came out before tomorrow never dies um so this was actually the 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 bond movie as it were that came out after um pierce brosnan's first outing in in uh goldeneye um which uh which yeah which yeah this is an older movie than a lot of people think really is but then when you watch it you're like this is incredibly 90s yeah exactly it does feel very 90s when you watch it Um, so yeah a film that's full of pleasant surprises very very enjoyable and very, very goofy and surprisingly fun. And yeah, very, very yeah enjoyable to watch now, which is the main thing. So a good kickoff for Austin April. It's all downhill from here, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, so yeah, uh, how are we going to rate this then? Um, let's see. How many henchmen around your table do you kill before you get the answer that you want about Ooh. some evil stuff that you're doing? I'm sorry to my henchmen, but a good 15 of you are about to get cast down into fire pits. Yeah, that sounds about right, doesn't it, for, for looking back at this kind of film? It's, yeah, three three quarters of the way there, 75% there, 15 out of 20. That's a little ways to say the same number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't know where I was going with that. I'm just thinking about that Quincy Jones song. <laughs> <laughs> 
rolling around in my head. <laughs> it's going to be there forever now. Um, so uh, up next, we've got the spy who shagged me. But yeah. also, I've got a, a cheeky little announcement, which is um, I've got a new song coming out. I've made a song. I've made music. Yeah. Shall we put and it on the end of this episode? Yeah, put it put it on the end of the episode. Um, it's going to be available on all gid all all gid all gid <laughs> all, all gid digital distribution services uh, next Friday. Cool. Um, so when the episode after this one comes out, you'll be able to hop onto Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your music and give it a listen. Oh, so you'll get a sneak preview if you listen to this episode. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. So this is going to be before uh, before it's actually available anywhere else. Um, so it's a song called Citadels. The, the artist name is R. Gordon, and I made it for me because no one else will like it. Good. But and that's the best it, way to be with music. Just make what you like. Don't, don't exactly. matter, it doesn't matter if it sells. It doesn't matter if anyone listens to it or likes it. Just do it because it's your thing. Yeah, just just do it. And if you don't like it, fuck off. It's not for you. It's for me. <laughs> All right? Exactly. That's how art should be. <laughs> That's how art should be. But also, we're going to turn it into an NFT and sell it. So, you know, you better invest in that. Yeah, the the, the, the Rob NFTs. Official Rob NFTs. Yeah. Our Gordon Chicken Club. <laughs> oh, that's a sandwich. It's... It's just really badly drawn cartoons of me eating various forms of chicken. I think I could do that. I think we should do that. Let's yeah. release some NFTs. Did you see, by the way, that um, Minion, the Minions official account on April Fool's Day did a thing saying that they were doing a line of NFTs? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, um, and they set up a like quite a convincing thing of like um, bored ape style pictures of Gru, and then when you clicked through to the site to buy them, it it had instructions for how to right click and save as. Oh, that's incredible! You do good. not expect that from Minions, do you? That is that is so good. I love that. That's brilliant. Oh dear. So yeah, I hope you you're all groovy, baby, and that you're enjoying Austin April so far, and that you'll join us in celebrating the genius of Austin Powers this month. Yes. Yeah. If there's any comments you have about Austin Powers, then do get in touch. Just make sure they're groovy. They've got to be groovy. Slash shagadelic. Yeah. So we hope you all have a, a groovy and a shagadelic April, and we'll be back next week to talk about Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Oh, you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. You can email us, BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast.gmail.com. Always love to hear from you. And um, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about the spy who shagged me. Alrighty, bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, groovy baby. <laughs> oh, behave. That's, that, I think that's all of them, isn't it? Shagadelic, baby. Oh, yeah. But yeah, when he says that stuff and then he does that big grin, doesn't he? You can't not love it.
down Stay right here and hope all will be well Sights we will see. 